0: What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Rita Love, with another episode of Unapologetic Woman of Color. It is Tuesday. It's 1.46 p.m. It is hot as hell outside, so I'm sitting inside my room with my AC on full glass, because maybe if I was skinny, I would probably not be this hot. Nah, I would be. It's just hot as hell out there, which is crazy, because it's september usually we start to you know kind of mellow out um but it doesn't look like that's happening so uh thank you climate change anyhow um so a big announcement from our golf wonder boy tony finau he made the Ryder cup team um congratulations to him that's that's actually pretty huge uh, the Ryder Cup, they 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 have the Ryder Cup competition every two years, and it's just teams. It's one team from Europe, one team from the United States, and the last time they had the Ryder Cup, it was here. They played on. Uh, they played here in the United States. So this year they're playing in Paris, France. Which I'm a, which I'm a little jealous. I would love to someday visit uh, France. Hopefully someday I'll get that opportunity. But I'd like to visit. Hell, anywhere in Europe, you know, so hopefully I'll get that opportunity soon. I'm trying to save money because I really want to go with my nephew, Jay, to uh, Amsterdam and go check that out. But uh, that's going to be in February of next year. And I haven't saved a penny. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with me? I may or may not be able to go, but, you know, uh, (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm going to really, really try. I honestly don't know how much, this is the kind of thing that I hate because if I go somewhere, I've never been, I, I I never know how much money I should save, right? I know I need to pay for airfare and split the costs on Airbnb or whatever hotel we decide to stay at. We might stay at a hostel who knows, but I definitely know I need to, to split the costs on that, uh, pay for food and pay possibly, you know, for Uber, Lyft or whatever, form of transportation they have out there i think they have like a like a rail you know they can go i don't know but i always get really anxious when it comes to travel and i the last time i traveled outside of the country i was two years old so if i if i do successfully save money and i'm able to take this trip this will be really my first time in my entire adult life that I've actually left the United States and, uh, entered into, you know, brand new foreign territory. So I need to get, I need to get cracking. I need to start saving and I'm kind of in a weird place right now in my life because I'm, you know, I finally am realizing that my relationship with money is not good. I suck at saving. I suck at investing. I suck at, you know, um, just using my money to leverage, you know, leverage different things. And so, you know, I'm really good at making money. I, you know, I used to be a software consultant for, you know, for a while there I had my own little software consulting business and I was contracting all over the place. And then I, you know, my kids, I realized, God, they're still, they're still young and I'm out traveling. And of course their dad was a horrible father fit, you know, just a horrible dad, parent. you know, he basically let them do whatever the hell they want. And he in turn did whatever the hell he wanted. And, um, anyhow, so I decided to park my butt and find an it job here in Utah. And I worked it here in Utah for a while. And then I finally, I was, I left the it industry, December of 2016. I was, I was done. I, I, I wasn't happy. It was affecting my work. I really wanted to just be out in the community doing what I really was passionate about. And that's, you know, nonprofit work, you know, working within the community and, you know, finding ways to, um, you know, tackle some of the issues that I'm passionate about. I mean, we have, we have issues all over the place and there's quite a few, but you don't want to spread yourself out. Then you want to hone in, you know, on one or two issues and then really perfect your craft. And so my whole thing is I'm very passionate about you know, social, uh, economic and criminal justice uh, and racial justice. And um, I really, and I feel like all that stuff just, I mean, all that stuff really falls under the social justice umbrella, right? And so um, I've just, you know, I started, I was doing both. I was working a full-time gig and then I would leave and I was working a full-time gig at night you know, doing community work and on the weekend. So the night and evenings, the community owned me. And then, you know, my regular nine to five gig, my IT career owned me. And so it was kind mean, of, you know, I was kind of a at odds and it was really causing some serious stress and anxiety in my life. And um, I finally left, I just up and quit and I had enough, I was making really good money for being stay at home. Like in 2016, I made over a hundred thousand and I actually had a hundred, a little over a hundred thousand in my bank. And I'm just sharing this. I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to brag. I'm trying to share with you my relationship with money and how horrible it was. So I was looking for ways to invest that money because, you know, I thought, man, I'm not, I don't have any money coming in. Cause I, I hadn't even found a job in the industry that I wanted to be a part of. And I thought to myself, and then as I'm going through this thought process, I got roped into helping with two campaigns. I was, I ran a campaign for one of my really good friends. Her name was Tally Bruce. That's that's actually how we met was she had reached out to me. She lives here in Conwood Heights. I live in Conwood Heights. She lives in district three. I live in district one. She reached out to me and asked me, you know, she hit me up. She sent me a friend request. I didn't know who she was. And then she IM'd me and said, Hey, you know, my name's Tally. Um, I was told that I should reach out to you, if, you know, cause I'm planning, I'd love to run for city council in district three here in Cottonwood Heights. And I hear you could, could help me. And at the time I had, I had already volunteered hundred percent of my time to Jacob Vitis campaign as his, uh, political, um, director. And I was like, uh, I can't help you with your campaign. I'm, I'm actually committed to another campaign, but you know, if you need some advice, I'm more than happy to advise. Uh, but she's pretty persistent. She, she kept, you know, picking at me, picking at me, hitting me up all the time to the point where I, all of a sudden found myself running her entire campaign. Um, so I was, I was political director at Jacobs campaign all the way in West Valley city, where he was running for city council in district four. And then I was running a, a, a full on campaign for Tally Bruce, um, in Cottonwood Heights district three and both my candidates won and i had i had dedicated my entire life into their campaigns and i didn't get paid which to this day i'm like what was i you know everyone's like why didn't you get paid well i mean so so tally owns uh seven six or seven bout time restaurants if you're in utah i'm sure some of you have seen or heard of bout time it's a it's a it's a pub and um, so she would always give me like those little pub cars that gives you like a free meal and drink, you know? And so she gave me a ton of those, like a bunch. I don't even know how much. And so I would always, I ate a lot (laughs) at the pub at about time. And then for Jacob, my, my whole justification for that was, you know, West Valley has the large, is the most, is the second largest city and the most diverse city in Utah and has a large community of Pacific Islanders, has the largest community of Pacific Islanders, the largest community of um, Asian, Vietnamese, Asian Americans. And then 30% of their population is Latino Hispanics. So it was for me, the goal was we need to get Jacob at that level so that we can have representation. And especially in West Valley, that was important to me. So the goal was bigger than anything else, right? So that campaign we worked i i worked my ass off for both campaigns and uh we fortunately both my candidates won but in november after everyone won and we were all excited i it hit me that we had my family had been living off of the money that i had in my savings so my life was really comfortable so I wasn't so I didn't get any red flags or warnings my my whole life was uh, you know totally involved in all these other things that I wasn't focused on my my life and so my entire family was living like we were living surviving off of the the money I had in my account so money was going out real quick but no money was coming in and I and I wasn't I had no I had no cash flow and so I I was, it came, I, you know, I was hit with the, the, the truth that I was at the end of that year, I was literally broke. I was, I had, I'd made a couple investments that I, you know, I think they were bad investments I still haven't seen any return on investments. So, you know, I, this is just me, you know, this is what, so whether I'm, Broke and have no money in the bank, or I make a ton of money and I have a ton of money in the bank. It's my mentality and my relationship with money that's really suffering. Like I'm, I'm horrible with money. Period. I don't know how to spend. I don't know how to save. I don't know how to invest. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to leverage. Like I don't understand. My financial liter literacy is at is F plus plus because I acknowledge that I'm a failure in that respect. <laughs> But um, I got together with a really good friend of mine, uh, Lani Tapu, who is a financial analyst, and she's also a real estate investor. And this is what she does: she actually put together a program where she has successfully helped, you know, quite a few Pacific Islander families change their credit score from like nothing to amazing, and they're now, you know, banks are now competing over them for their for their business because their credit is so good. So I kind of reached, I, re- I didn't kind of, I actually reached out to her and I said, look, I'm, I'm at a very serious, um, point in my life. I really want to, I, I need more disposable income. I need more money in my savings. I need to be able to manage and invest wisely. I need to, you know, just everything that I need to be successfully at peace with myself at home financially. And so she's been really working with me because I literally was about to file bankruptcy, and she's like, she she was really persistent because she kept saying, "Are you sure you want to file bankruptcy?" And I said, "Yeah, I just I'm tired of all of these, you know, um, these bill collectors freaking calling me every single day." So she said, "You know what? Why don't you send me your send me your um, your credit report?" And she sent me a link that she uses to run credit reports, and let me take a look at it. Let, and just let me see if I think it's wise for you to, to file bankruptcy. And when she ran my, my, when I ran my report and I sent it to her, she's like, Oh my gosh, Margarita do not file bankruptcy. You can become debt free in one year. I'm like, what the hell are you serious? She said, yes. I was like, I am so down with this program because I haven't owned a credit card in so long it, and I miss that. Right and it was funny because i was telling her yeah i want to get my credit all squared away and she's like um uh, your credit your credit score is the last thing on my mind right now because what we're trying to do is eliminate debt and you people who want credit score they're trying to use they want good credit so they can go spend and people with bad credit have n- have no right to be going have no business buying anything you know and i laughed so hard because i was like holy shit she's so right like i have no business buying anything because i haven't yet to I have yet to master my spending habits, so I've been working with Lonnie. She has made me really face, you know, anytime I'm confronted. and I think it's the same across the board with a lot of people. Anytime I'm confronted with the fear, with with having to face my 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 you know spending failures and my investment failures and my money failures, I I hate doing it. Like I really, uh, I, I don't want to do it because you know it make it forces me to realize that bitch you failed <laughs> but i did it because you know i really i really want this i really need you know i'm getting older i i don't have the nest egg that i used to have and that's my fault that is completely 100% unequivocally my fault you know and i so right now we have uh, you know one of my biggest issues is the, is cash flow right I have, a, I have a real crisis with cash flow, so I'm in the process of trying to find ways to make money to increase my cash flow so that I can start paying down all these debts. And I really want this to happen. I need this to happen for me because I really want to travel. I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I want to retire real soon, and I want to go and travel. You know, and be able to say, you know, I saw the world exactly how I always, how I, how I always had envisioned when I was younger. So, if you guys are let me tell you this. If you own a house and you are stuck, you're having problems paying it. Call my girl because she will provide you with several options on how you can save your house. And if to the point, if it gets to the point where you can't save your house, she can totally buy it from you. Invest with you, you know, invest in, in whatever, but you should call my girl, Lonnie, Joey Tapu. Lon, Joey Lon, if you need her information, hit me up on Facebook, Margarita Satini, and I will be more than happy to get you in touch with her because this girl is badass. People are people who she's helped. will take a picture of their credit score before, and then their credit score after, and they post it up and they thank her profusely for the work that she's done with them. And so she's, you know, she's a financial analyst, real estate investor, definitely somebody you should talk to if you're having issues and you're living in a house or you just, you know, just talk to her. She's somebody that could completely help you. I think right now is the time to, you know, there's a West Valley is now for the first time experiencing the housing crisis. We have people out there who work, but there's, we are experiencing stagnant wages, but a rise in housing costs. And so the two are not meeting in the middle. So I'm, I'm really concerned because I feel like Utah, I'm not feeling like it, it truly is happening. Utah is like Silicon Valley junior, right? We have people, we have tech companies that are start that are building over here. So we have people who are applying people who are moving into town that, you know, you see houses being built all over the place and you're seeing a high density, high density, high density, uh, buildings like apartment complexes being built all over the place. Which also bleeds into another issue of if you rent an apartment, you have no ownership over land. Do you even have a voice within your community? You do, but as a homeowner, not you have more you have more leverage. And I see all these apartments popping up all over on the west side, which makes me worried that with all the land grab that's happening from our legislators up at the hill on the west side of Utah, and all these high density buildings popping up all over the place, that means that the owners of these buildings and these properties still have the control and the people living in these units don't. So home ownership is huge. If you've never thought about it before, this is something you definitely need to think about now owning a home, because that home is your step into economic justice. You That, that home will have equity in there that you can use. Your home can move you into a better home. Your home can help finance your children's education. Your home can do so many things. That, it, your the home that you live in, that you own, is your, that's cash, right? Those, that's your asset right there. So that's my biggest fear is the fact that we've got legislators up at the Hill buying up all, because most of them are like freaking real estate developers, real estate, you know, real estate anything. And they're buying up land like crazy over here on the West side, on the West side. Now, remember the East side used to be like the coveted, you know, real estate. People were buying all kinds of stuff. You know, what property building home, homes, ho- ho- the housing prices were like jacked up. That was the coveted area was the, was the East side. But if you look on the East side, there's nowhere else to build. We've basically taken up all of the East side. But tons of land on the west side, and now there's a huge land grab for the west. And the crazy thing is, when you think about the west growing up, the west had like all the poor homes, marginalized communities, you know, uh, uh, community members who are making like less than you know, we had a a large community of uh, people who were under the poverty line. (coughs) And now, when you drive west, like even in West Valley. Like if you drive past like 60th West, even a little bit past than that, they have like these humongous rich homes that are like probably like three or $400,000 homes in freaking West Valley. It is unheard of. So this is the thing that makes me nervous is, you know, when I I work in Harriman on the weekends and I was taking my clients, you know, to a movie and we were kind of cutting through in the back row. And I was like, what the hell is going on? There was so much construction out there and all these high density living, you know, areas, uh, buildings being, uh, popping up all over the place. These apartment, huge apartment complexes. And I was like, shit, what the hell? You know, how does that, what, how does that affect your voice, right? Your rights. If you don't, I mean, land ownership, home ownership is huge. So definitely look, if you don't own a home that you need to think about it, right? If you don't have a whole lot of stuff on your bills, really think about buying a house. Even if it's a small one, you could use that small one as, you know, as a means to move yourself into a bigger house and just continue to roll, you know, into a bigger home and and use that property and the equity that you put into that house. To, to fund other things, but now's the time. And if you're in a home and you're having issues, you know, staying on top of your bills or, you know, you're having problems and you're worried, you don't know what to do, Girl, please reach out to me and I will hook you up with my girl, uh, Lonnie, cause Lonnie can com- completely help you with your, you know, with the problems. She'll present you with a friendship of options. Uh, and then you guys can just talk. And The thing about her that I respect so much and I, I, absolutely love and admires that she's so, you know, what you, what you two discuss just stays between you and her. And so I value that so much. So, you know, if you're going to, if you, any of those scenarios, hit me up, I'll give you the information and then you two should be able to, you should should get together and, and talk about, you know, what kind of options are out there for you. Anyhow, um, gosh, I don't even know how the hell we got there. We went from I don't even think I even finished talking about Tony and his Ryder Cup, uh, you know, making the Ryder Cup team, but I'm excited for him. Congratulations. Um, He is my, I know everyone says, they see me saying uh, congratulations to my nephew. This kid is really my nephew. His his father's mother, his paternal grandmother is my mom's sister. So his brother, his father is my first cousin and we were all raised together my mom you know so his his father's his father, his paternal grandmother is number 4 or 5 in the boha children and uh you know i remember these kids when they were little when my son they all went to west High together so it's just crazy to see like you know tony he's always been tall but you know young tony turned into he's been he's become quite the young man. So I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of his wife, you know, I mean, proud of his family He has a beautiful wife, gorgeous family. And he's just a good kid. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say kid. He's not a kid. He's, he's amazing young man, but I'm really proud of him. I'm so happy for him. Uh, you know, just excelling, you know, putting Pacific Islanders on the map. Um, I, I'm so sad because his, his mother was an amazing human being. Uh, Vina, Vina passed away years ago, and uh, I, it, every time I see him performing so well, I think about her, and you know what, what an amazing mom she was, and how, how proud she would have been of her son, and not only that, but she would have been proud of all of her kids. Like her kids are just amazing kids, you know. Uh, Tony's brother David comes here quite often and hangs out. Sometimes sleeps over for a, you know days at a time. <laughs> I have to, that that's my boy right there. Um, but you know, I love, I love all my nephews. I love all my nieces and I'm proud of all of them. Um, so good luck to you, Tony. I know you're going to represent. I'm a little jealous. Maybe someday you'll feel sorry for me and buy my ticket to go to Paris to go check it out. Um, but yeah, anyhow. Um, so there's a new podcast out by La Salina Guafu, and, uh, she's part of the Tapu team. But Tapu has a very specific mission and vision. Their whole focus is really on, you know, breaking the culture of silence on domestic violence and um, sexual assault. But so Lina Seal is a part of that. But outside of that, she is, a, you know, she talks about being a single mother. You know, she tries uh, figure to, to present different ways that community members can rally around and help one another and help. You know, lift the community up. And right now, she's related to Kepa Mau Mau. Kepa Mau Mau is a young man who has been sentenced, I think, to 55 years, 55 years in federal penitentiary. And um, he has been. I'm. I love this man because he, young man, because he's been such a huge advocate and activist behind, you know, in the space that he's in, fighting for criminal justice reform, for prisoners' rights. And right now he's asking for help on the um, on the what do they call it? They call it the me mercy me mercy me 924c. So 9, 924c is, is like these are the mandatory minimum sentencing laws, right? And so what they're trying to stop is the stacking of these sentencing laws because for somebody who has possession of firearm, you know, they they have if, if it doesn't get discharged, but they're caught with it. They are sentenced to no less than five years of prison. What happens is, and if I'm, and I could be wrong, don't quote me on this, but you've got a 924 A, B, C. I mean, there's a bunch of letters in there. Those laws, all of those get stacked together, and then you, each of them have different sentencing. So if I also, if I break C, B, and D, e, like I'm looking at, maybe B might have a, a mandatory 20 years. C has a mandatory five years. D has like a mandatory ten years. I'm looking at serving all of those together. You're stacking those sentences, you know, sentences together, which is unjust, especially if there's really no violent um, violence attached to these sentences. They just happen to be caught with um, uh, with a firearm. Um, like for for instance, 9 924 C. Is knowingly imports or brings into into the United States, or any possession thereof, any firearm or ammunition in violation of Section 922. Oh, I need to look up 922. I think I, I'm not going to bet money on it. Let me check really quick here. Um, But I'm just going to check this out because I bet you. I wonder if it's the Rico Act. No, let me see. So 11 U.S. Code 922 unlawful, it says unlawful acts. What the hell? There's a whole list of unlawful acts here. So it's like, it shall be unlawful for any person to A, B, 2, A, B, C, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, A, B, C, 8, A, B, C, 9, B, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, C, 1, 2, 3, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 8, five has a B six, seven, eight, a B. And then there's even two more. So there's like so many different, Oh geez. Let me see here. Okay. So this talks about, so this is all, this all has to do with firearm. So license, supporter, license, manufacturer, or license dealer to engage in the business of importing manufacturing, dealing in firearms. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm going to have to do a little more meeting on that. Anyhow, he's trying to prevent the stacking of 924Cs. And so there's a petition going out. I know that she he, he wrote a letter to Lina. Lina read the letter. I sent her a link to this petition and I told her, Hey, you should share this with everybody. And what, it, the, what this link does, what this petition does is it makes it easy for a lot of people who don't, have the time to try to understand the legal jargon um, it explains kind of in layman's terms what this bill is about all you have to do is put in your, your zip code and it pop in it and it searches for your senators and then it provide if you sign in your name and then it pro, it produces a generic letter that gets sent to your two senators and and the and the potus uh, Trump. So it's really easy. I really, this is something that I completely, I believe in. I don't think that we should be stacking um, offenses like that. It's very unjust and inhumane. And so for his charges, and I think his charges were uh, possession of firearm, and he's getting sentenced for 55. The sentence does not match what he's being char- the charge, right? 55 years for possession of firearm, that doesn't, that is, that is not right. Anybody with half a brain would know that that's not right. So if you're looking to help Gepa, which is somebody I totally, um, I absolutely admire this young man. I'm going to post this link on my page, sign it, send it. That's all you have to do. And then the rest gets done for you, which is awesome. I love it when people do that kind of work. Um, what else is there? What else are we talking about? Oh my gosh. So there was a young man by the name of, i got to pull his name up here. Young black man. Um, oh, here he is. Botham Jean. And he was killed by a Dallas cop, a woman who she, she parked on the wrong level, entered into the wrong building of her, who she thought she was living, went to the wrong apartment, couldn't get in. According to witnesses, which are the neighbors that were around, they kept hearing her yelling, open up, let me in or something like that. He comes out, he opens the door and she opens fire and kills this guy. He was a brilliant young man. He had an amazing career. He worked for Pricewaterhouse. This, this, this organization, I'm very familiar with this organization because they have a lot of consultants. A lot of the projects that I've worked on as a consultant as an IT software consultant I worked a lot with a lot of um, consultants from this agency and they're freaking intelligent as hell and they and so him being employed with them is just amazing I mean that guy uh, these are some intelligent people and so the fact that she would oh I'm probably gonna say I'm gonna save a lot of this because I actually do uh, a Facebook live session with Hey Lala every week. And we don't have any specific days that we do. We just kind of pick a day, but we just try to make sure that we at least, at least do a session once a, a week. And we're meeting on Friday and we're going to put out a, a, a Facebook live session. We're going to do our Facebook live session, I think at two, two o'clock, two or two, two or three. Um, but we'll get that out there. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about, you know, our financial, our relationship with money, you know our financial issues as Pacific Islanders, you know, um, and how we love to our relationship with money as a culture, um, and a bunch of other things, but yeah, I don't know, you know, I'm sitting here talking about all this stuff, but, um, he, his, his case is one that is just, it's disgusting. Um, So the initial report from this, this woman, and the reason why she was arrested was that, you know, she, she was at the wrong place, what, you know, shot and killed a man in cold blood. And, you know, she admitted to all this in her first report. Then she reaches out to the police union who I, I fucking hate the police union. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I do not support them. I don't support or endorse any, I do not support any of the candidates that they endorse. I don't give a damn about them, and the crazy thing is, I'm a huge supporter of unions because unions—they get together, they mobilize on behalf of the workers, and they fight for better wages, fight for better, you know, working environment, fight for better uh, healthcare, you know, access to healthcare. Like they're com- always fighting for their employees. But that, this union, I can't, I can't with this union. I just, hell no, because they bailed her out, three hundred thousand dollar bail on a three hundred thousand dollar bail. They bailed this woman out. And then they freaking coached her ass and her statement is now different from her initial statement. So she is lying through her teeth. Well, the family, um, Jean's family hired Lee Merritt uh, to come out and and represent the family. So he's now the family attorney. Now Lee Merritt is an amazing, He's a good, great friend of Sean King. They went to school together. And he's always fighting for uh, you know, for racial and and racial equality, social justice. But he's been really, he's been getting hired a lot by, you know, a lot of these black families who are losing their their loved ones to police brutality. And so I'm oh god, you know, this is the thing that bugs me, is like we have a lot of people in our community that are like, you know, the police, you know, we love to su- support the police. Look, I understand the need for, for, for police officers, I do. What I don't like is when we excuse their behavior, especially when you know damn straight it was very wrong because they wear a badge. These are men and women, they are human, therefore they are susceptible to, you know, implicit bias, to being racist, to their own ideology. Remember that they're human just because you put a badge on, does not erase all the stuff that you came with when you apply for this job. Okay. So when a and, and what furthermore, like we, yes, I hear, but we also have good cops. Yeah, I know we have good cops. What we need is for those good cops to stand up and speak out against these bad cops. Okay. Cause when you're silent, then you tell what you're telling me is you're complicit. You're okay with the behavior of these bad, rotten cops. That's not good. That's just as bad, if not worse for me. How do you expect you cannot, you cannot serve and and enforce law. If you're breaking it to make that happen. And ugh. I hope I can't see this. If, if she gets, if she gets released and she's acquitted of all charges, man, damn. That will be a damn shame and it won't be the first and it won't be the last. And I'll tell you what, half the country won't be surprised, but I pray to God that Lee tears her ass up in court. That's all I want. That's all I want. Because this man was an amazing human being. He was a businessman. He was successful. He was smart and he was killed in his own damn apartment because some stupid ass trick. It makes me, what what the fuck were you thinking? She must, she either was high, drunk, or, seriously, there's so, there's a bunch of holes in this woman's story. There's a bunch of gaps in this whole event that transpired that evening. He was a young, handsome man, successful businessman, 26 years old, dead, just dead. That's some fucked up shit, man. Seriously, this is why we, the people need to stand together. The cops can defend themselves. They don't need your help. Who needs your help? We need your help. We need you to come partner up with us so that we, when we send out our expectations because they get paid by our tax dollars, they do right by us. They serve, they keep the law themselves. But they serve and protect and that they're fair with everyone across the board, regardless of color, regardless of age, regardless of gender. And when I saw this, it was it was really devastating because I'm like, ah damn, dude, like for real, we can't stop. Now black people are just getting killed for for free for breathing, for standing, for talking, for just sleeping in their own house. And was—I'm sure people are like, "Why are you always like advocating for Black lives and you know being an ally for Black?" Because they are the most disproportionately affected by criminal, by by the criminal justice system, by the police, by the police. And if we don't, that if we don't take care of that, if we don't find, ally ourselves with the Black community, that will bleed into our community. Yes we experience racism. Yes we experience discrimination, but not at the level that the black community experiences. Not at all. But if we don't, it will find itself into our community. So that's why I that's why I, I that's why I align myself with with the black community. And that's why I'm a huge fan of Sean King. A huge fan of Lee Merritt. A huge fan of Cap- Colin Kaepernick. A huge fan of Martin Luther King Jr. A huge fan of Malcolm X. A huge fan of the Black Panthers. So, you want to know why? That's why. They are. Um, there. There was a. There was a report. I can't remember. I think it was Vox, but. Um the Latino Americans who live around, along the border are getting letters from the government stating that they are not going to get their passports renewed because they don't believe that they are truly citizens, that they don't believe in their citizens that they're that they are citizens of the United States. This do not for one second believe that this is just a Latino-Hispanic issue. Okay. We also have members of the Pacific Islander community who also have passports who could easily be targeted next. And don't tell me you don't believe that because when they were stopping people at the airport, like the when they were trying to implement the Muslim ban, they were stopping Pacific Islanders too. Okay. We didn't have a whole lot that were traveling like that, but the ones that were traveling were getting held up at the airport. We're getting questioned on their on their on their uh, passport. We don't even think for one freaking second that your ass is safe. As long as your skin is brown, black, you will be stopped. You will be questioned, you will be profiled. Don't even think for one second that you got white privilege. You don't. You do not. Let me let me say that again. Don't think for one second you got any ounce of white privilege in you. You don't. Okay? So when you see these kinds of things, when you read up on these types of things, it is your responsibility to step the fuck up and support one another. That's all I'm asking. Support one another. We need to come together and partner up and and be allies with one another to fight against these, these horrible changes and these horrible policies that are being, that they're trying to pass up at the top. Recognize them as such and come together and let's, let's, freaking be allies. Anyways, I better save the rest for when I do my Facebook live session with, with uh Ilala. But um, I don't know if I told you. So every Tuesday I do like a West West Side leadership training. Every Tuesday and it goes until December. And then every Thursday I am part of a group session that's held by Lani Faholo, who's a licensed clinical social worker. And she teaches her, she's actually working on her PhD right now. So she's probably going to get it before the year, this year ends. But she put together, she created a program called the Gaimana Gaimana, uh, program. And her work hasn't been published yet because she, you know, it's still under review for her, it's part of her PhD but she's able to teach it to, to us and we just can't really share all of it, but I can share a little bit of it. And I, I can't tell you how, holy hell, this woman has opened my eyes. Now, mind you, she's—you uh, know she said that she has her, I think it's her grandmother who's part of, from the Taumoi Peau clan. The Taumoi clan is related to the Pauha clan, okay? They are achy over the Pauha clan. So um, when she said that, I went, uh, you do know that I'm a Pauha and we're related. She said, yes, I do. So it was it, not only was it cool to find out that we were family, but she had already known, but just listening to the program, what she's put together, I can't wait for her to publish her work, and I'm telling you you're gonna be excited when you see it too, because you know, she talks about, you know how we, you know, what causes arguments between one person and another, like uh, daughter and mother, son and father, you know, one community member to another community member, one, group to another group is because we're talking about values, right? When we we present, if I come into the circle and you come into the circle and we have different values, you know, it's the way we prioritize them collectively. Like you want me to really, to take into account and make important your values. And I'm trying to get you to do the same thing. So there's a disconnect in the middle, right? So, because I'm sitting here saying, basically me pushing, trying to push my values down your throat is me in, in, in other words, saying your values are not that important. And that's not true. So, you know, I'm, I think this next session, which is Thursday, we're going to talk about how do we, how do we prioritize collectively our values, you know? And I know communication is a huge key for that, but man, when she talked about that, I was blown away. I'm like, holy crap. I never, I didn't think about that. Right. I didn't, cause you know, when I talk to my kids and we fight, I don't ever think that, you know, what they're presenting to me is their values, right? This is what they value. Because in my head, I'm like, that's some dumb, (laughs) what the hell? But when I say those things, I'm discounting their feelings. I'm discounting what they value. And I'm not giving, I'm not opening up space for them to, to share their values. And I'm not opening myself up to help prioritize along with mine, our values. So it was really, it was so amazing to talk about that, to understand you know, how that could be a cause for for a rift between people in their relationships. So I'm I get so every Thursday I have the Gaimana uh, group with Lani Daholo. The and then every Tuesday I have my West Side Leadership, which I'm really excited about because we're gonna be given an opportunity to kind of frame, you know, to kind of identify I'm sure a lot of people are already coming into the program with their own plans and what kind what kind of community what community issue is most important to them, but is they're going to give us an opportunity to kind of frame, you know, a community issue, right? And once once we frame that, then we have to get, you know, we put into action uh, what we want to do to address that issue. And the crazy thing is, there's there's quite a few of us, and I think every single one of us has, has our own issue. So we actually have to work in teams. So it's kind of be it's going to be kind of hard for me to find someone who's who will, because I don't think. Anyone there will have the same, uh, you know, will want to tackle the same issue I want to tackle. I've seen other people, and there's probably like, I think there's like ten of us in there, maybe ten or twelve. And I've heard, I've seen, I've listened to them talking to each other and to me. And I've seen already how a couple of them, or even three or four of them, can actually pair up as a team. But I'm the only one that's like, crap! I don't, <laughs> holy shit! I don't have anyone I could pair up with. So I'm hoping this Thursday. I'll be able to, I may have to sacrifice my project and work on somebody else's project with them, you know, but I hope not because what I'm bringing to the table really, because I, when I went in the first time, I'm like, man, what the hell, how, wh-? I don't even know what I need to work on. And then I forgot that I actually chair. So not only do I chair the Utah Pacific Islander Civic Engagement Coalition, AKA UPAC, I also chair the, co- the, um, the Salt Lake County's um, Council on Diversity Affairs Law Enforcement Subcommittee. But we had been on hiatus this whole time, and then uh, I got a uh, I got an email from the from the director of, of the diversity affairs for the Salt Lake County, Emma Houston, and she's like, "Hey, are we gonna have a are we gonna have a meeting?" And I went, "Holy shit! I'm so sorry, I completely forgot about this." And I go, "I'm just so you know, I signed up for a leadership training, and I don't get out until December, but I want to use so it." I was like, "Holy crap! I this is this is my project. I I want to." I want to rewrite and reframe, um, what this, this coalition or this subcommittee can do for the community. So I'm hoping I can find somebody else who's all also wanting to fix or figure out a way to work and partner up with law enforcement. So crossing my fingers, people crossing my fingers y'all anyways, look out for my Facebook live session with Hey Lala this Friday that's my little, that's my road out. We're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of things I talked about today, but in even more detail and even from, and with the lens, uh, or, or the perspective of a male partner. So my, he's male, he's going to come in with his own perspective. We're going to talk about, you know, a lot of these issues and we're going to bring into it different points of views and, um, watch out for that. Uh, otherwise, that's it, man. I mean, we could talk forever. There's a bunch of stuff. This, this country is going to hell in a handbasket. But you can make that change. You can step up and you can make that change. I'm going to tell you right now, one of our uh, senators is, a, no, our congressman is, um, congresswoman is up for reelection. Mia Love. She is running against Ben McAdams. And I'm telling you right now, I, you know, I'm voting for Ben McAdams. I'm I'm voting for Ben McAdams because his values closely align with mine. And I believe that he will do a a much better job of representing and voicing our concerns um, as a community because he's now the Salt Lake County Mayor. And he's done a, a pretty good job of trying to make sure that all diverse communities are represented, and that he has an open ear and he's listening. So that's something that's really important to me. Um, also, um, Shireen Gorban, Gorba, Gorbani—I think is her last name. Shireen, just look for Shireen. She's running against Chris Stewart for congressional in congressional congressional district two. Is it two? Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me think. Yeah. In two. So she's running in CD two. She's I'm supporting her. Um, James singer is running in CD four against Stewart. So these are the people that I'm supporting James singer, who is a native American man, very educated, intelligent as hell. Also got a little bit of street cred on him. Definitely somebody you should be voting for. He represents indigenous voices. But he also is very well versed in our political, uh, the political gaps that we experience as a community. Um, so James Singer, Shireen Gorbani, I think is her last. Like, I can't believe I just look up Shireen um, and Ben McAdams. Those are the three that I am supporting. And if you're living, if you live in any of those districts, and they pop up in your in your on your ballot, I mean, think about it. Uh, those are the people I, I would, I encourage you to vote for, but that's your decision. Do your homework, see whose values align closely to yours, and then vote accordingly. Um, also, let me see. These are the people that will make a huge difference if you're all about supporting Gepa on the um, Mercy Me 924 C's bill. Those are the ones... That would have a huge oh actually it would be Senator Hatch and Senator Mike Lee. Never mind. Scratch what I said. But not only is voting also very, very, very important and the very basic, the very nucleus of civic engagement, but also staying in contact with your leaders, writing your leaders, reading up on policy, reading up on the effects that it has on your community, on you, on your life, on your children you know, checking up their voting records, how they voted? Those things are really important. And they play a huge part in how you, how you live your life. There's not one thing that you can say to me that isn't politically, that isn't, that isn't tied to politics. I've, I've issued that challenge to so many people name one thing you think isn't tied to anything political. They're like air. I said, well, we've got the climate change. We've got the Clean Air Act. We've got, you know. And they're like, oh, water. We, dude, we name anything. Every single thing—the air that you breathe, water that you drink, the clothes that you wear, food that you eat, the schools that you go to, the house that you live in. Okay, your hair, like, your even your whole your whole being. Everything is tied to something political. So, voting is huge because who you vote for is the person that's supposed to fight for the things you value. And if you vote for the wrong person, they're not going to fight for your, for the things that you value. So don't just fall for the talking points from all these freaking pundits, even party, even though I'm a am I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I identify with, you know, democratic socialists of America, but even then don't do your homework. Okay do what's right for you, for your family, for your community. Do the work. Read up on it. Ask questions. You know, Reach out to your legislators. Ask them questions. Their job, if you're their constituent, their job is to respond to you. Anytime you send an email, let me give you a pointer. Anytime you send an email and you want a quick response from your legislators, in your email subject, make sure you put down in all caps, I am your constituent and I have a question. And trust me, they will respond to you real fast because you're a voting member. You're, you you could vote them in or out, okay? You could, if they don't respond to you, that's a story you could spread to other constituents in his district, his or her district, and that could hurt his his campaign. Your vote is powerful and you should use it all the time. And with it comes responsibility. Do the work, study the issues, be involved, engage, and then share with your community. And then bring them up to par. Alright, that's it. That's all I got I got. I, I I can't believe it's already been damn, it's been an hour. I've been on this thing for a freaking hour. All right, y'all. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of an unapologetic woman of color. Tune in to my Facebook Live this Friday with Hey Lala. And we'll talk to you later. Holla!